And I've always been attracted to strong women, as you know. <laughs> and um, so, and then, you know, my Aunt Helen, which was my, my mother's aunt, she was raised like a sister, but my mother's aunt. And she didn't have children of her own. But she invested in my life and raised me like a son. I'm also grateful for people uh, like Donna Ward. And I'm grateful for people uh, like Nancy Ward. And uh, people that came into my life and helped me. Of course, I'm eternally grateful for my wife who has been such a, a great support to me. And a symbol of strength. I know Jesus loves me. Because when I see the look in my wife's eyes, I know Jesus loves me. Amen? Amen. Hallelujah. So we want to recognize the mothers here this morning. If you're a mother here, and uh, we want to celebrate you. So would you stand to your feet? We want to give you honor today. And we've got a little gift that we'd like to give to you. Amen? The ushers are going forth, and please don't sit down until you get your gift. Amen? Hallelujah. whole lot of wonderful mothers here. Amen. Praise God. It's a gift certificate to Bass Pro. <laughs> Or $10 off a Kirby vacuum. (laughs) No, no. Praise the Lord, we give you honor. And we're grateful for you today. Thankful for the mothers represented in this house. And in houses all over our nation. Amen. God bless you. We pray a blessing over you. And thank you. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Just stay. All right. Amen. God is good. Amen. Amen. Well, we're continuing a series we started called Master Class. And basically, this is classes on the master. How many realize Jesus is the master? And you know, we shouldn't have what is called yearbook um, theology. Yearbook theology is, you know, when you got your yearbook, and many of you did in the last couple weeks, you turn to the pages in that yearbook, you're looking for you. You're looking for how you looked in that basketball picture and how you looked in that and how you fitted in, you know, to the overall scheme of things. You weren't looking for your friends. You were looking for you. And a lot of people have that about the Bible. They have a yearbook theology where they try to find themselves in here. But, you know, we're not called to find ourselves in here per se as the goal. We're to find Jesus. And when we find Jesus, we find ourselves. And so this is a study that's showing you Jesus as he appears in the many forms and facets in the Old Testament. 
And so we talked about the seed. We talked about the strong arm of the Lord, the right hand of the Lord. And we talked about the kinsman redeemer. Was that last the other week? The kinsman redeemer. And now we're going to talk about the rock. And I'm not talking about Dwayne Johnson. I'm talking about the rock. Amen. Are you glad that the Lord is the rock? Amen. You know what? God, he talks about himself. He doesn't mind telling you who he is. And he says over and over again, I am the rock. And praise God, we can put our faith and assurance in that in the name of Jesus. Amen. So Psalm 61, we'll turn there. Psalm 61. How many remember singing the song, On Christ the solid rock I stand, all other ground is sinking sand. So that tells me this, that it is only through Jesus Christ, our rock, that we have stability. That all other places that we put our trust in or that we try to move into, they're sinking sand. The political system that we put our trust in sometimes, the economic system that we look to, it's all sinking sand. All of the things that bring us joy and amusement in our life and entertain us are sinking sand. On Christ, the solid rock, I stand, all other ground is sinking sand. Amen? And the psalmist here, David, happened to be in first number one of Psalm 61, He says, hear my cry, O God, and listen to my prayer. From the end of the earth I call to you when my heart is faint. How many have ever been there? How many have ever been through a situation maybe this week where your heart was faint? Amen. You know, God wants you to have a strong heart. Not just a physical heart, but a spiritual heart. He wants you to be strong. Amen. He desires strength for you. In fact, strength is a sign of health. Amen. And, you know, there are times in which you will feel faint in life, that life will hit you and knock the wind out of you. And there are situations in which you just feel so overwhelmed that you don't feel like you can ever rise back up. But I'm here to tell you, friends, that we call upon the Lord when we find our heart is faint. Amen? Why? Because notice what he says, lead me to the rock. Amen. Lead me to the rock that is higher than I. Now, this is an interesting metaphor that the Lord uses in regards to himself. And the psalmist is using this in regards to, uh, to the Lord as the rock. And the rock is vital to understand. Because the rock means that there is reliability, that there is stability, that there is faithfulness, and that there is strength that comes from the rock. Now, I'm here to tell you there's been a lot of um, insurance companies that have tried to use the rock as their symbol. But I'm telling you, they're as only as strong as your deductible. There are people that use all kinds of rock this. I'm your rock. I'm going to be your rock. There's only one rock, friends. 
And I'm telling you, you know when you're on solid ground and you know when you're not. You know, as you're walking and as you're, you know, going out, some of you like to hike. How many like to hike? Many times you basically coordinate your hike based upon rocks. Amen? Because they're always there. The rock's always there. And that's the symbol that it is. Jesus, as our rock, is that he's always there. And he's the same. And he doesn't change. And nothing changes about him. And see, we have to put our trust in that. And that's not so easy all the time. Because sometimes we have this idea that God changes. And that God changes his disposition towards us based upon how we feel. Or what we're going through. Or what our circumstances are. But the rock is the rock is the rock. Now down over here, there's a rock called a frog rock. How many know the old frog rock that... Over here in Tarleton, okay, the old frog rock. Now, people have been going to that frog rock when I was a kid. And generation after generation says, you know what, there's a rock over there, and it looks like a frog. In fact, somebody painted it green. Okay, so it's a frog rock. Guess what, that frog rock has been there before there were even houses built around it. Before there was a neighborhood, that rock was there, and it continues to stay to be there. And that is what, when, when the, the psalmist says, the Lord is my rock, what is he saying? The Lord's my reliability. The Lord's my consistency. The Lord is my strength. The Lord is there when no one else is there. When everyone else leaves. When everyone abandons me. <clears throat> when they got their suitcase on my front door. And they're walking out the door. I still have the rock. <clears throat> Amen. The rock that is higher than I. And it's important for you to understand what he's saying there. Because it infers that he's tried to take care of the situation himself. Now the Lord told me last night as I was praying. I woke up you know, about 11. And he told me. He said, uh, I go to bed early. He woke me up about 11, and, and I got up, and I began to pray, and he began to say this. He said, there are people going to be in your audience this morning. He said, especially mothers. He said, they're trying to be the rock for their families. They're trying to be the rock for their families, and they're cracking under the pressure because they were never called to be the rock. Hello. And so I, I just want you right now, if that's you, I just want you to lift your hand right now, right now in the name of Jesus. I tell you what, lift them up. Let them know. Let them know. Father, in Jesus' name, I just lift up and pray for these individuals right now in the name of Jesus. And I just thank you that they're going to the rock that is higher than them. That they're no longer to rely on their own strength, on their own power, but they're going to rely upon your strength in them through Jesus Christ and that they're no longer going to try to do it in their own effort, in their own ways, in their own wisdom but they are going to yield to your strength, to your wisdom in the name of Jesus Amen Hallelujah He says lead me to the rock that's higher than I 
You know, that takes humility to do that because we want to do it in our own way with our own hands. And many times we think we're the rock. Many times we think we're the one that's holding that child in check. Many times we think we're holding the family together. Many times we think that, that only, only we could love our kids the way that we would love our kids. But I'm here to tell you, Jesus loves your kids more than you love your kids. God loves your family more than you love your family. God is invested in their well-being and welfare, and you can trust him. And he's the rock that is never moved. He will never move. He will never change. That's the rock. And when we look at this word rock here, we're looking at a, 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 like a big rock face. You know, you ever seen a rock face? Like when you're coming up from the ocean, you know, and you're coming into an island, there's this big, huge rock face. And that's kind of the picture that he gives. It's a rock face that, that comes out of the ground, and it has a foundation that is not reliant upon the shifting sand or the shift of the soil that is in the earth. It is locked in to the very foundation of this earth. And that's the picture that we have of who Jesus is. He's not dependent upon the soil of this world. He's not dependent upon the shifting sand that we find ourselves in. He is not uh, subject to the winds and the waves. He is hooked in. He has the shore foundation. He is the shore foundation. And those that run to him and hold on to him will never be defeated. I've been there. I've been in hospital rooms where I didn't know if I was going to come home. I've been in situations in which I didn't know what my future held. I was right here. My soul fainted. My heart was fainting. But he said, lead me to the rock. Lead me to the rock that is higher than I. Amen? Hallelujah. Praise God. Let's read the rest of that. For you have been my refuge. Now, that's part of being that rock is that he's a refuge. And many times when you look at this figuratively in the Old Testament, You'll see rocks that will shoot up out of the ground. The base of that rock is in the bedrock of the very foundation of this whole construct. And it's not going to be moved. It's not going to be moved at all. The wind can come. The rain can come. The hail can come. It's not going to be moved. It's going to be there. In fact, you're going to go on vacation this next month because I know many of you are planning. And you're going to go look at rocks. Hello, Daniel just went and looked at a bunch of rocks, beautiful rocks. And they've been there before he was ever born. And they'll be there, should the Lord tarry, for his children and grandchildren, great-grandchildren and great-great-grandchildren. Why? That's the picture that we need to get a hold. People say, well, God's unpredictable. That's not what this says. I can't figure God out. That's not what this says. You can't figure out a rock? He's there. Amen. So he's a place of refuge, a strong tower 
against the enemy. Amen? Let me dwell in your tent forever. Let me take refuge under the shelter of your wings. Amen? And that's exactly what he is. He is a place of refuge. He is a place of shelter. How many realize we need that? Amen? Amen. Now, throughout the Scripture, rocks are commonly referred to as symbols of God's reliability and strength. Well, you know, God's ways are not my ways. His thoughts are not my thoughts. So we never know what God's going to do. That is not what he said. God is predictable. Well, we don't know what God will do about that. Yes, we do. Because we have Jesus to look at. And he says, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. See, how do we relate to the rock today in the New Testament way? Because it's an Old Testament picture of Jesus, but how do we function in it in a New Testament way? Well, I'm going to give you the, the lowdown on that. But the Bible advises that we build our houses upon the rock. Amen? You know, Luke talks about it. Matthew talks about it. It talks about, Luke actually says that they dug deep. You know, when you lay a foundation to a building, you want it on bedrock. You want it on something solid. Because you know that everything above the bedrock is going to shake. It's going to move. And there are people that are basing and building their lives on top of this soil and on top of the sand of this world, and they're not getting deep enough into the bedrock. We have to understand that the enemy uses the soil of this world and the sand of this world to keep us from seeing the bedrock and keep us from putting our stance upon the foundation of the bedrock of Jesus Christ. And so he tries to distract us with all kinds of pursuits and goals and plans and desires and and entertainment and things of that nature to get us on that topsoil so that when trouble comes, our house breaks. Because the enemy wants you, he's not just going after Joel, he's going after Joel and Ronnie, and the daughters, and the grandchildren. He's going after, he's a domino effect. And so, you know, you never should look at an attack as just simply towards you, because the devil's smarter than that. And so what happens is, is he begins to come after your house. And if your house isn't built upon the bedrock of Jesus Christ and the revelation in his word, then when the storms of life come, you don't have that strong rock. Amen? You're sinking sand. On Christ, the solid rock I stand, all other ground is what? Is sinking sand. Rocks are interlaced with the ideas of refuge. It's a a place to escape, a place of, uh, you know, the ability to, to retreat from tumultuous hardship. That's upon the earth. And in fact, in the arid lands where the Bible was written, rocks were used as a place of refuge and shade from the intense heat that would come upon that region. 
And so we know that it is a place of oasis, that it is a place of strength. Now, in 1 Corinthians chapter 10 and verse number 4, it says this. It's at, uh, Paul referring to the rock that Moses struck and water came out. How many remember that? That rock, it says, and they drank from the same, the same spiritual drink, for they drank from the spiritual rock that accompanied them, and that rock was Christ. Okay, now how many remember the story? They come to Meribah, well, they named it Meribah because people were upset because they weren't, they were thirsty. And when people get thirsty, they get cranky. Amen? And you've got probably, you know, a million people, and they are thirsty and cranky, and they're, they're you know, this is found in um, Exodus 17. They begin to just get nasty and complain about their leadership. That's what they do. Everybody, you know, you're supposed to get us water, you know, and you're supposed to take care of us, and why have you sent us out here to die? Blah, 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 blah. People do that all the time. They do it still here today. And... Uh, Moses cries out to the Lord and says, what, what am I going to do, you know? And uh, <laughs> he says, take your rod, the shepherd's rod, the sh- rod that he threw down and became a snake. He said, take that rod. He said, I'm going to show you a rock. And you're going to hit that rock. And he said, water's going to come out of it. Okay? So what, what he did was he got the elders and they went up and he hit that rock. And sure enough, here came water. And it wasn't just a little bit of water. It was water to feed millions of people, to sustain and satisfy millions of people. Okay? It's the rock. And that rock was Christ. So it's showing you that this rock, rocks are stationary. Okay? Unless you take a picture of them, you're not going to be able to show them until you drive them up there to show the rock. The rock's going to stay there. Okay? Now, I'm not talking about little rocks and things that you can pick up. I'm talking about, you know, you're not going to move, you know, the Grand Canyon and places like that. It's going to be right where it's at. But this infers that this rock moved. Oh, you're not getting this. This rock moved with the children of Israel. So that tells you that God, who is your rock, isn't in a stationary position that we go to worship him in. But he moves with the believer wherever the believer goes. So that means no matter where I'm at and what I'm going through, the stability, the faithfulness, the strength of God is mine, whether I'm here or whether I'm in Africa or whether I'm in the Philippines or whether I'm anywhere. The rock moves with me. And I like this because he, you know, you've got to understand that the Bible is phrased in a way that God has orchestrated it to be phrased. And notice he doesn't say the rock is Jesus. Because Jesus is seated at the right hand of God the Father. He said the rock is Christ. Referring to his title. 
See, that's not his last name, regardless of what you want to believe. That's not his last name, Mr. Christ. It's his title. And that means the provision, the power, the strength, and the authority of his title is in the rock. Hello? And he struck that rock. Jesus was struck on the cross. The Bible says they pierced his side and and blood and water ran out of his side. That gave birth to the church. That's the water from the rock. The rock of Christ. That's when the church was born. Because we've got to be born of blood and of water. And I'm here to tell you they face this again in the book of Numbers. But God directed them differently. He said, don't use that staff that you had that delivered the people out. I want you to use Aaron's rod. Which is the rod of authority. As a king and priest unto God. And he says, in this time when they need water. He says, you don't smite that rock. He says, you talk to it. Oh, you didn't get that. He says, you talk to it. You speak to the rock. And we've got to learn to start speaking to the rock. We've got to learn to speak into the rock. You know, we hit the rock when we say, God, where are you at? We smite the rock when we say, well, it looks like you didn't come through that time. We smite the rock when we doubt him. We smite the rock when we say he's not there. We smite the rock when we say he hasn't come through for us. We smite the rock when we feel that he has failed us. Hello? We've got to learn to speak to the rock. Because the rock's always moving with us. The rock is always with us. Amen? Amen. Hallelujah. Praise God. I like 1 Samuel chapter 2 and verse number 2. How many have found the rock to be real? Hmm? Amen? Well, there's some people here that are going to testify to a real-time rock. How many need a real-time rock? Amen? When you're facing something in your life, you need to know that there's a rock. How many have ever felt the pressure of people making you their rock? Amen? Come on. You're my rock. Well, you're kind of... I'm kind of soft. I'm kind of frail, you know. I'm not... No, Jesus is the rock. Now, we'll find out as we go through these scriptures that we have been brought from that rock and that we are part of the quarry of stones that God has, because, praise God, Jesus lives on the inside of us. (coughs) The rock lives on the inside of you. Come on now. But you're not the rock. He's the rock. Do I have a rock living on the inside of me? Of course I do. But I'm not the rock. I'm a fallible human being. I'm called a tent. Amen? My outer body's a tent. It's what's within me, the treasure in earthen vessels that causes me to triumph, causes me to be able to help others. Amen? 1 Samuel chapter 2 and verse number 2. It says, There is no one holy like the Lord. How many found that to be true? And there is no one besides you. There is no rock like our God. There is no rock like our God. Amen? 
Let's look at Deuteronomy chapter 32. Deuteronomy 32, we're going to be looking at verses 4, verses 13, and verses 18. He said, He is the rock. His works are perfect. And all his ways are just. A faithful God who does no wrong, upright and just is he. See, all those give you a definition of what a rock is. Rocks make no apologies for what they are. They're not saying, hey, I'm sorry I'm here. I know I'm in your way. No, it's there. It's going to be there. Rocks aren't the most comfortable places. Now, you're glad when you're, you know, in a bunch of mud and stuff like that, and you find you're glad to be on that rock, aren't you? Amen? But guess what? They're not necessarily places in which you can just kind of bed down. Remember, the Lord told me this. He said, remember Jesus said this? He said, upon this rock, I will build my church. Amen? Upon this rock. Notice he didn't say, in this nest. He never said, in this nest, or in this bed, or in this comfortable place. Rocks force you to make adjustments. Because you're not going to lay on a rock and not move. Come on now. Now in a bed, you can get in your nest and you can, you know, Pawpaw, he used to get in his nest and he'd stay the same. He wouldn't move. They'd tuck him in and he'd be like that six hours later. That's a nest. The rock isn't that way. Don't think you're going to get comfortable in the sense. Now I'm not talking about comfort from the Holy Spirit. I'm not talking about that. But I'm talking about his ways are not our ways. His thoughts are not our thoughts. The rock of revelation is how we operate in the rock of the Old Testament. It was revealed to them that God was their source when that water came out of that rock. It was revealed to them that God was their protector. But when they would look at the face of a rock, when they would see the strength of that rock face. And that was something that spoke to them revelation about who he was and who he is in our lives. And Jesus comes after Peter confesses him as the Christ, the Son of the living God. He says, upon this rock, this revealed truth about who I am, that I'm the Christ, the Son of the living God, he says, I'm going to build my church and the gates of hell cannot prevail against it. But if you're going to stay on that rock of revelation, is which <coughs> that's how we're supposed to do. We're supposed to stay on it. Yeah. Means you're going to make adjustments. Because the rock makes you make adjustments. Amen? You think you got it made. You think you found that place on the rock that's just so comfy and good. 
And then all of a sudden, about 10, 15 minutes later, it just doesn't feel like it needs to feel. So you're coming over here. And each time you're moving on that rock, you're getting new and new insight about who you are and who he is. And you're beginning to, it's beginning to like sandpaper, begin to just get rid of all the rough spots in your life. You're having to adjust your thinking. You're having to adjust the way you live your life. You're having to adjust the way that you plan your life. Because the rock makes you so, it, it, it's not a comfort in the sense that, that, that I can just, you know, be lazy and slack. means that i got to constantly be in a state of transformation. Because that's what revelation is supposed to do. Look at verse 13. He says, He made him ride on the heights of the land and fed him with the fruit of the field. He nourishes him with honey from the rock and with oil from the flinty crag. I'm here to tell you God brings his stuff through the rock. Not in beautiful crevasses and, you know, you know, beautiful things. It comes out of rugged, flinty, hard surfaces. Some of you might be saying, I'm going through a hard time. Well, guess what? There's honey in that rock. There's oil in that rock. There's water from that rock. Amen. Hallelujah. That's how big our God is. Now notice in verse 18, he he gets on to the children of Israel. He says, you deserted the rock. Oh, some of us desert the rock because it's too uncomfortable. Everybody's okay to get revelation from God. They just don't want to go through the testing. Oh, thank you, God, for revealing that to me. I'm so excited. People get so excited when they get a revelation to tithe and they see God move or they get a revelation of healing. They see God move. And they get settled in. Guess what? God God knows if you just stay in that, you won't grow. And all of a sudden... This ain't as comfortable as I once over here. I need, I need to move over here, you know. And some people, they get so irritated with the fact it isn't one and done. That they just leave the rock entirely. Hello. I'm thankful that my, my rock follows me. Amen. It says, you deserted the rock who fathered you. You forgot the God who gave you birth. Mm. I'm telling you, we need to realize that we need to stay with the rock. Amen? Are you getting anything out of this? Hallelujah. Isaiah 32 and verse number 2. Talking about the characteristics of the rock. It says, each one will be like a shelter from the wind and a refuge from the storm. That's what a rock does. Amen? 
like streams of water in the desert and the shadow of a great rock in a thirsty land. That's who he is to us. Amen. Isaiah 51 verse number 1 says, Listen to me, you who pursue righteousness and who seek the Lord. Look to the rock. Now notice this. From which you were cut and to the quarry from which you were hewn. Some of you have forgotten who you are. You've forgotten your roots. You forgot where God brought you from. Listen, you're not the rock, but there's a rock on the inside of you. And that rock was birthed and given to you by Almighty God. And you need to be around the quarry. Praise God, I'm around the quarry this morning, right now. I'm around the quarry. What I see, I see a bunch of rocks established by the Lord. I'm in the quarry of the Lord. Hallelujah. Praise God. I love Psalm 18. Psalm 18 and verse number 2. I'm just giving you some scriptures and we're going to do some testimonies here in just a moment. It says, the Lord is my rock. He is my fortress. He is my deliverer. He is my God. My God is my rock in whom I take refuge. My shield and the horn of my salvation. My stronghold. Amen. When the winds are blowing, man, you want to have a good stronghold. Amen? And I'm telling you, it's the rock of revelation. Jesus referred to the rock as revelation. That's what he referred to. Revelation of who he is. And the more I get accustomed to who he is, and I begin to understand that he's reliable, that he is not changing, that he is steadfast and true, that he is faithful then I can hold on. I can hold on and know that what I'm holding on to cannot be moved. What I'm holding on to cannot shift and change. What I'm holding on to is stable and secure. Amen? Are you getting anything out of this? Psalm 1831, which is the same psalm. Go down to verse number 31. It says, for who is God beside the Lord? And who is the rock except our God? Amen? You've got to make that definition. You've got to answer that question. You, he's not going to answer it. He's already told you who he is. You've got to answer that question for yourself. Do you believe in the rock of revelation? Do you believe that he'll bring stability and strength to you? Do you believe that when the storms of life come to you, that you have something secure and steadfast and an anchor to the soul? Remember, he came to Abraham. He said, is there anything too hard for the Lord? Abraham had to answer that question. God already knew the answer. But just because God knows the answers doesn't mean that you're going to experience in your life. You've got to answer it for yourself. Amen. Psalm 18 verse 31. Well, I read that one. Verse 46. It says, the Lord lives. How many are glad to that? Praise be to my rock. Exalted be God my Savior. Amen. And I love this right here. Psalm 144 and verse number 1. It says, Praise be to the Lord my rock 
And notice this, who trains my hands for war and my fingers for battle. Praise God, that rock not only is a place that I can hold on to when the times are tough, but that rock trains me. That rock guides me. That rock leads me. That rock sustains me. That rock protects me. That rock heals me. That rock prospers me. That rock gives me sure footing when everything else is sinking sand. When the United States of America is in a state of flux. When my neighborhood is in a tame of chaos. When my workplace doesn't look like they're gonna ha- I'm going to have a job next week. Praise God, I've got the rock. I got the stable, reliable footing of Jesus Christ who never leaves me nor forsakes me. Praise God, I got to speak to the rock. I got to speak to his sustenance. I got to speak to his character. I got to speak to his promises. I got to speak to his word. Come on now. And the rock will always provide. But having a relationship with a rock isn't always comfortable. Hello? He didn't say the Lord is a nice bushy bush or a lily pad or some soft, nice little bed that, uh, you know, the little deer make when they bed down. No, rock. Because it shows you that you're going to be constantly in a state of adjustment. I really need to get through with that. Just understand that because he's the rock, he's not changing. I can still go look at that frog rock, and it's the same as it was when I was 13. Well... Before it was green. Still looked like a frog. It's there. And it's going to be there unless somebody moves it. Nobody's really making a petition to move the thing. Hello? People getting upset over Mount Rushmore. Wanting it all changed and everything. Listen, man, that's, that's in the rock. That's not easily done. Amen? But we're talking about a rock that doesn't change. He says, I'm the Lord. I don't change. And that should excite you. Some of you are sitting there going, well, yeah, you're just the same. Old, you know, That is a wonderful promise. That means that if he did it to the woman who had the issue of blood, he'd do it for you. That means if he's done it for one person, he's going to do it for every person. That means he doesn't change. That means he's reliable. He's faithful. And people that are faithful are predictable. And I know that you don't want me to say it. It's sacrilegious to tell you that God's predictable, but He is. If He says He's doing something, He does it. He's predictable. If He says, by the stripes of Jesus, you're healed. You're healed today, tomorrow, and into the future. If he says he'll supply all of your needs, it doesn't matter what you think or what you're going through. It doesn't matter what your circumstance or bank account says. It doesn't matter what's going on in your life. I'm here to tell you, he's the rock. 
Amen. I'm telling you, the rock has been moving. He's been moving in our services. And he's been touching people's lives. Amen. So we have some testimonies that we're going to give. Where's Patrick at? Patrick, are you over here? Amen. Where are we going to first? But we're going to go to Zelma, who has a testimony about the rock. I was wondering how long it was going to take. I had to go to this church before you handed me one of these. (laughs) Praise God. No, God is exactly what he says he is. Here a few months ago, I had to go to the doctor, and and they did a a test on me. After you get to be 65, trust me, the doctors want you every week. But anyway, (laughs) they come back, and I took a a test, and they, they come back that I had cancer. And I said, I went to the doctor, and and she said, well, your test shows up cancer. And I said, well, the same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead lives within me. And I do not have cancer. Well, I want you to take this other test. I said, okay, I don't mind taking the test. So I went and had a colonoscopy and everything. And the doctor was, your test said you had cancer. I looked at him and I said, the same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead lives within me. Mm-hmm. Cancer can't survive in my body. It will die the minute it hits it. So they sent me to another doctor. So I went to this doctor, and she said, well, we need to take some of your colon off. And I looked at her, and I said, I have to go home and pray about this. And so I decided, uh, I don't think so. God is God. I still have battles like everybody else does, but I know whom I have believed in, that I'm persuaded that he is able able to keep that which he has given unto me. Amen? And he is not a respecter of persons. He will do. I praise God for our pastors, every one of them, because they get that word down in us. And you just can't come to church and then go home and forget what was said. You have to meditate on it and think about it and see that it works. Patrick asked me, he said, Pastor, I want you to give a, a testimony. I said, which one? <laughs> I get, I have testimony for every day because mm-hmm. God does something for me every day. Mm-hmm. I mean, because I meditate on the word. I know who he is. He shed his blood so that I wouldn't have to. Mm-hmm. Amen. Amen. I praise God for each and every one of you. Happy Mother's Day. And I guess you Praise God. Day. Amen. <laughs> Hallelujah. <laughs> Hallelujah. Andy came up for prayer two weeks ago on a Wednesday night, and he was having double vision. What happened there, my brother? Yes, sir, that's double vision and not as in the foreigner rock band. (laughs) It was, let me tell you. (laughs) I woke up one morning and, uh, yeah, 16 times, no. I woke up one morning and, you know, a lot of people wake up and they're like blurry-eyed and stuff like that. Uh, I did shift work for 33 years, and that was normal for me, but I, I had double vision. I said, well, this will go away. Like within a few minutes, it didn't. I said, uh-oh. Well, this time... Let, let me say this. A lot of times when challenges and discomforts and things like that come upon me, 
uh, I do the godly thing and I freak out. <laughs> I go nuts. You know, my wife of almost 43 years can attest to that. There was a bit of a peace about all this. I said, no, I'm, you know, I'm not going to do that. Mm-hmm. You know, um, and it occurred to me, I said, you know, my Savior has been healing blind eyes and ailments and what have you ever since. And this is no big deal for him. Okay? Now, I, I will tell you this. I did go to the doctor. Yeah. Sure. Uh, doctors, you know, they practice healing. Uh, it is my belief, and I know it's true, that all healing comes from God, regardless of the avenue. So I went there. Well, the first thing we did, they said, uh, well, have you been taking your medicine? Well, I said, why, no. <laughs> well, we need to take the medicine. So, okay, I did. But all this time, I would say, this is not permanent. I'm not going to stay like this. This is not my destiny. I mean, you know, it, it, it led up to some amusing situations. I told the wife one day, I said, Honey, there's another woman in the house. <laughs> no, not really. But, but anyhow, folks, let me tell you, I kept saying, I have heard and I am healed. Uh, it says, by his stripes, we are healed. Yeah. Well, now he's going to heal you. No, we are healed. Mm-hmm. Amen. I remember Brother Jesse made a statement one time, either you believe it or you don't. Well, I decided to believe it. Praise God. Hallelujah. This morning, this, morning this very morning, uh, I woke up and I looked out across my front yard. And instead of two mailboxes for the past six weeks, I now have one. All my right. Hallelujah. Clear. My vision God, is clear. Praise God. Hallelujah. Healing is the children's bread. People. You know, I'm not a spiritual giant per se, so what, I say that because if God will do that for me, he's no respecter of persons. I don't care what you are going through, be it a common cold, be it cancer, be it double vision or total blindness even. We are healed. We are healed. Praise God. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Amen. Josiah, I believe, right? Josiah had prayer for migraine headaches, for headaches, this past Wednesday. Yeah, it was about uh, probably just over a week ago. I woke up, and uh, it was that kind of headache where it's behind your eyes. It's very debilitating. You can't focus on what you're trying to do. Um, Went to work with it. Lasted up until last Wednesday, waking up with it, going to bed with it. And so I came to church Wednesday, and uh, Pastor Bob had been talking about missions, but he said when he was over in the Philippines, they would go, they would rush the front, and they would be up there. And he's like, this is no joke. If you really need something, get up here. So I said, okay, well, I think this could work. I, don't, <laughs> I believe it can. So I walked up there, and Jeff Craig was up there, and we prayed. And the sermon, uh, Hear and Be Healed, I remember them talking about Jesus bought my healing, all of our healing on the cross. So it's done because it's a finished work. 
So I went up there and we prayed and we agreed and I just felt like I could jump through the ceiling as we were, as we were praying. Mm-hmm. Haven't had headaches since. Praise God. So. Hallelujah. Man. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Mike. <laughs> Mike's got a wonderful testimony. Tell us about it. Well, um, a little over a year ago, um, I came to church. It's when we had two services, and then uh, I was wearing my knee brace because I was in a lot of pain. I was limping in here and limping around, and um, after service, you had called for an altar call. I did not go up, and it's because I really thought somebody else needed it more than myself because I could just deal with the pain. Mm-hmm. But uh, when it was all done, uh, Trevor and John was up at the front, and I needed to talk to Trevor about some family stuff that we had some famous stuff going on, and I went to talk to him, and then um, I was limping up there, and I'm like, what's wrong? I'm like, oh, my knees is hurting. It just, you know, like, and before I even got to talk to Trevor about our stuff that we need to talk about, uh, Trevor and John started praying for me, put their hands on me, and was praying for him for about a, a mm-hmm. minute or two, and and uh, they're like, okay, it's, you're going to be fixed. I'm like, all right, well, I'm, and that's when we had two services, and uh, Christy had to go over next door to... Uh, uh, watch the babies and uh, I came back and I sat down and uh, we started our worship service and uh, they were singing and I was up just like I am now and I kind of did a little shimmy and wasn't I didn't do it on purpose I'll just you know I think well my knees getting weak but it felt different and then, uh, so we sit down and we and you started preaching again and then, uh, I was feeling my knee I was like this it's not hurting and uh, I was rubbing it. I was like, well, maybe I'll take my knee brace off because I was wearing shorts. I, I pulled it off, and I'm moving it. I'm not listening to you. I'm, look, I'm looking at my knee. I'm like, it's, it's, it's not hurting. I was like, well, maybe I can make it hurt. And I couldn't do it. And, and so I, I sit there for the rest of the service, and uh, you call for an altar car again. And then uh, John was up there, and I went and hugged him. And he was looking at me like, what you hugged me for, man? And then uh, I said, my leg has stopped hurting. He's like, well, praise Jesus. And I said, thank you, man, for, for doing it for me. Hallelujah. And, uh, and I, I walked out with my knee brace in my pocket, and like I was, had a brand new leg. Praise and, God. Uh, Hallelujah. Thank the Lord. Glory to God. The rock is with us. The rock never changes. Amen? Never. Never. Praise God. Jesus said upon this rock, I'll build my church. The revelation of who he is. The revelation of what he did. The revelation of where he's at now. The revelation of who he is in you now. The same spirit that raised Jesus Christ from the dead dwells on the inside of you. That same spirit will quicken your mortal body. He's not talking about the rapture. He's talking about right now. He's talking about right now if you've got pain in your body. He's talking about right now if you're facing a bad circumstance in your life. The rock is there. The rock will always be there. But I'm here to tell you, my friends, it's not always comfortable to go to the rock. But the psalmist said in Psalm 62, he said, when my heart was faint, lead me to the rock. That is higher than I. That means that, you know what? I come to the rock. I submit to the rock. I submit to the rock. I say, rock, you know more than I know. You can do more than I can do. 
I'm tired of doing it in my own strength. I'm tired of wrestling with my mind. I'm tired of trying to pin this thing down on my own. I yield to you. For you are higher than I. You are stronger than I. You are more reliable than I. And look at the testimonies. That have happened. And these are just a few. Of people that have received strength. By running to the rock. Amen. Now there's all kinds of. Artificial rocks out there. Imitators. We can run to them. And they cannot give us. What the rock can give us. Notice it's not. The Lord is a rock. He's the rock. And that means that he is the only safe, reliable footing on this planet. You can't get it anywhere else. Oh, you can save all kinds of money, build barns and bigger barns. You can get wrapped up in your education and think that's going to give you success. There's a whole lot of smart broke people. You can build your body up and go to the gym every day and run six miles a day to where you've got, you know, just perfect, absolute physical health. But it's not stable. It can change like that because we live in a fallen world. We live in a world that is filled with sinking sand. What Jesus came to do He says he lifted us up out of that pit. And he set our feet upon a rock. When you were born again, you were translated out of that kingdom of darkness onto the stability of the kingdom of his son. And yes, it's going to look like things are going to try to come up. It's going to look like the wind's boisterous. But I'm here to tell you, you have the sure footing. You're on the high ground. And if you stay on the rock, he said, if you abide in me and my words abide in you. What's he saying? Stay on the rock. You'll ask what you will. And it shall be done. Come on now. Come on now. Come on. I'm telling you, he is a rock that will sustain you. Through every doctor report, guess what? When you're sitting there, and you're sitting there in that little seat, and that doctor's right across from you, and he's telling you you need a heart pump, and you might need a transplant here in a couple of years, and you're sitting there, you've got to see that rock. You've got to see that rock. And you know what? If you know that that rock's behind you, you can sit there and say, you know what, I appreciate you, doctor, and all that you're doing. But you know what? I'm going to the rock. That is higher than I. Amen. Hallelujah. When that banker says, we can't give you the loan, you've got a poor credit score, there's nothing going to happen. Guess what? You've got a rock that is higher than what they are. Amen. You've got a rock that no matter what circumstance, when your baby is hurting and crying out for help, praise God, you can run to the rock. You don't need them. You don't need to be the rock, mama. You don't need to be the rock, daddy. You need to lead them to the rock. You need to realize that a rock lives on the inside of you. 
And it's not you that's going to solve their problem. It's the rock on the inside of you that's going to solve their problem. Praise God. Hallelujah. Can we stand and lift our hands? Praise God. Hallelujah. The Lord is good. And his mercy endures forever. The Lord is good. Oh, I'm telling you, those waves of symptoms might come on your body, but you stay on that rock. Oh, the situation might show up on CNN and make you all nervous and make you say, oh, my goodness, the world's collapsing. What do I do? No, stay on the rock. Stay on the rock. Stay on the rock. Stay on the rock. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Glory to God. God is good. Amen. Praise you, Lord. How many are grateful for the rock? Hallelujah. How many are going to speak to that rock? Some of you ain't speaking to the rock. Speak to that rock. Hallelujah. The rock says I'm healed. The rock says I'm filled. The rock says I'm free. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Well, if you're here, and you don't know Jesus. I can't think of a better gift to give to your mama than to make Jesus the Lord of your life. I can't think of a better gift to give to mama, whether she's with the Lord or whether she's here on earth, than to make a decision for Jesus. If you need to rededicate your life to the Lord, the the ministers are going to come up here. I'm going to have them go ahead and come up here, the ministers. And uh, if you need to be filled with the Spirit, If you need deliverance in your life, if you need healing in your body, these people will be able to help and assist you to where you don't walk out the same way you came in. Amen. God is good and greatly to be praised. The Lord is our rock. He is our refuge. He is our stronghold. Hallelujah. In Jesus' name, praise the Lord. Glory to God. Glory to God. So if you have needs in any of those areas, you just come on. I'm going to close the service out, but don't walk out without your need being met. God has something for you today that will change your life. Amen. Lead me to the rock. That is higher than I. Amen. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Glory to God. You're dismissed in Jesus' name. And happy Mother's Day.